Hey everyone, this is George Kroos and welcome back to another monthly highlight edition of the Innovators Mindset podcast for September 2023. I feel so blessed that you're here to listen to this podcast. I also feel very blessed to have guests that take time out of their busy schedules to talk to me so I can learn from them and hopefully um, you can learn from them. We can all learn from each other. And I really, I've got more comments um, this past month, which is really nice because I love hearing um, from the people that listen to this podcast. A lot of times, um, you know, people listen to this. And I, I don't know that. I don't know. And then I, I've met people who are like, oh, I've been listening to your podcast forever. Like, I didn't know that. Like, comment once in a while. So, um, you know, if you if there's anything that you learn from this podcast or there's any takeaways you have, please share them. It, it, it does make a difference. Uh, to know people are listening to this, but I, I also love the opportunity to, to learn from you. And I always like to do this on these monthly highlight podcasts, share you know something that pushed my thinking, something that stuck out to me. And I, I was reading this uh, quote from a book uh, called The Seven Decisions by Andy Andrews. It's a really powerful book. I really have enjoyed it. I just finished it. I might do an epic book review uh, on it coming up. And it really made me think of... Uh, when I, I lost a lot of weight and now that I'm training for a marathon and just kind of my thinking and how it shifted. And it, it's a really powerful quote. I'll share it with you right now. He said, what thoughts do you have on a regular basis that may be leading you to an unhappy state of mind? Very often these thoughts take the form of defeated questions. For example, why am I so fat? It's not a question that will help you understand what steps to take to change your situation. However, how can I enjoy sculpting my ideal body and reclaiming my energy will move you in the direction you want to go? What questions do you habitually ask that are hindering your growth? So that's something that was really fascinating because I think part part of my process was shifting to the, the trying to kind of get out of a negative to now shifting to a positive as opposed to I just want to, you know, lose weight. I'm very upset with who I am as opposed to like, hey, I'm like, I'm an athletic person. Um, I want to build muscle. Uh, you know, I really want to be able to, I know that sounds weird to be able to bend over without being hurt uh, to play with my own kids. Cause that was something I was struggling with. And I was looking for the things I was excited about, not kind of, you know, focusing on what I wasn't good at. And you, you've probably heard this, you know, think shifting this to education. The, one of the big conversations I think is really, really powerful is is not focusing on what kids can do but starting with what they can do and when you start looking at not only yourself but others on their strengths on on the gifts that they bring to the table every single day it does shift our thinking and i think it's not only important to how we treat others but then helping them see themselves in a different way which is part of you know what great teachers do what great administrators do one of the conversations i hear all the time when people i ask them like what's a great teacher what is a um, great principle done for you in your career and the the common theme I hear is basically they help me see something in me that I didn't know was there so that really starts with how we see ourselves how we see who we are what our strengths are and really kind of focus on those aspirations that we have not trying to get ourselves out of hole and you know the weird thing is that when you focus on aspirations by default you you do tend to pull yourself out of a, a hole or out of a rut or whatever you may call it and so having that view of ourselves makes it easier to find that view in others. And so that's something that I was thinking about. I really love that quote. I hope it resonated with you. But if it did and it sucked, I guarantee you, you'll get something good out of the guests 
uh, on this month's podcast. So welcome back to another highlight edition of the Innovators Mindset Podcast. When I ask teachers, like, I always do this, like, hey, like, tell me about your principal. Oh, they're so nice. They let me do whatever I want. <laughs> I'm like, is that a good principal? You know, because it's not, and I, I understand, and there's this, there's this delicate balance of that, you know, like, you got to trust me to have some autonomy in the things I'm doing. But I've talked about this a ton. If that leader is not actually helping you grow and get better, then what is the benefit? And like, what do you, what do you, when you hear that, like, what do you think when somebody would say that to you? Cause it kind of throws me off a little bit. I'm like, I don't know if that's really a great principle because you can do whatever you want, but what, what is whatever you want look like, I guess. Oh, see. And, and there you just hit it right at the end for me, George, which mm-hmm. is, I, I think the good leader co is their friend co-create co-design they're always doing things with rather than for people and and so when 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 people talk about the sort of doing whatever i want i always wonder so what is our co-created observable vision of what teaching and learning looks like in the classroom because then we now have a common lexicon a common language for us to be able to discuss what's happening in the classroom because a good principle and i I referred to marty lewis uh, in our earlier uh, session together Marty's gift was also, and I think the number one thing that leaders need to do is to be able to confront and interrogate practice, whether it's our assessment practices, our teaching practices, our leadership practices, our practices with community engagement. Are we willing to actually confront those through the lens of what's the impact that they're having? So when, you know, the idea of having someone allow us do whatever we want, I think that's, you know, kind of interesting in the short term, isn't it? But in the long term, as you say, it's sort of like walking through the desert after a while. There's no parameters, no walls. We don't actually know where we're going because we don't know where we've been. So I think that idea of creating that common vision with our staff and with teachers really empowers them to start to deal, uh, to, to get into that. I know where I'm at. I know where I've been. And that's the efficacy piece that we're all sort of chasing around like the, like the Holy Grail right now. You're basically not even a week, a full week into school, which I, I love. I'm like, so I love asking about yeah. this. What was the, what was the first like few days? Like, what was like, what, how did you feel kind of going through that process? What was that like? And that's what, that's one of the, re- that's one of the biggest reasons I want to interview. I just want to see like, how did it yeah. go? How, how was your first you know, yeah. few days of school? Um, so honestly, they went a lot better than I thought they were. <laughs> I tried really hard to make sure that I was prepared for every situation that could have possibly came up. And so, I mean, I like over prepped and over planned and I had like 45 different activities just in case something went wrong. I had something to fall back on. Um, The first day it was definitely chaos. I mean, kids didn't know where we were going. I didn't know I had recess duty. I didn't know I had to get them from lunch. Like all of these things I had no idea, Um, but I figured it out. And honestly it went, it went pretty good. Like, I think it was the best three days I could have asked for, you know, like I didn't have any problems. Students seemed to like me, you know, they gave me gifts and everything. So (laughs) what? I know. The first week. There you go. I know. Wait, wait till Christmas time. That's going to be another whole other thing. If you're getting gifts the first week, yeah, it it is, uh, it, it, you know, as you're talking about this, Mm -hmm. how, how much I overplanned. You know, the, and I'm not saying, yeah. you, I am saying, yeah, you totally probably overplanned oh, intentionally, yeah. right? And, like, yeah. and that, that to me is, 
um, you, you know, cause you, you don't, you don't know. And the mm-hmm. interesting thing is you could feel, I could feel way more nervousness, obviously mm-hmm. about you with your first week of kids than you are being on my podcast. That's for sure. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. You ask yeah. me no questions about it. You're like, yeah, I'll show up. I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> Um, the, uh, when you, and you're probably cause you're exhausted from, you know, their first week of school yeah. and, uh, just kind of like listening to that, mm-hmm. the thing that, you know, I hear, I know I feel this too, uh, that nervousness of the first week, the first, it will never go away. Yeah. Right. Heard that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And it is weird cause it, it's new kids every year and you always want to yeah. make a really good first impression. And mm-hmm. that's, that's one of the beautiful things about teaching when you have different grades every year, yeah. you always have a, a, an opportunity to make a first impression mm-hmm. over and over yeah. and, and over again. I, I came out there to speak and Keith, before I even entered, he sent me such a nice email and welcome me before I got there. And I, I was blessed to be there and actually meet Keith. And I sent a little video to your, to your community and your staff. And so uh, I want to give your staff, I know, cause they, they're going through a lot of changes too. a little shout out. Right. So to everyone working out media, cause you know, a lot of times it's focused on the person opening it, but all of you are opening the school this year. It's not, it's not just you on your own. So uh, Keith, thanks for taking the time out of your super busy schedule. I know you got a million things to do but I know people can learn from you and that's why I really wanted to um, have you on the podcast. So if you can just kind of tell everyone who you are, what you do today and kind of how you got to that point, I think that's a great place to start. Sure. Thanks, George. It's great to, to be on your program today. So um, yeah, my name is Keith Fickle and this is my 30th year in education. Uh, I've been in Fort Bend ISD here in Southwest Houston most of my career and it's I've moved from being a teacher, a classroom teacher. I was a band director for about 17 years, and then I moved into the ranks of administration um, from being a band director into being an assistant principal, uh, an associate principal, uh, and now a, a principal. So I've been through uh, the only areas I've not taught. I've not taught elementary, but I've taught middle school most of my career and been a middle school administrator most of my career. So um, I did spend a year of being an assistant principal at a really great school here in our district called Willow Ridge High School, a school with a lot of spirit and pride. Once an eagle, always an eagle. Go ahead, Willow Ridge. <laughs> um, Got to give my shout out to my friends over there at Willow Ridge High School. Um, so, but this is my, really my first year back, kind of in the in the in the high school realms. Um, so, um, but I've been I was the principal at Sugarland Middle School uh, for for six years, and then the last year or so prior to the, this school year, I, I spent. I guess building a community and and working with uh, students and staff and parents and building uh, working slowly at building our our community here uh, to launch Almeda Crawford High School, which is named after an incredible uh, veteran educator of forty plus years at another uh, campus here in the district, which is known as the flagship, the original high school in Fort Bend. It's Dulles High School. They're the Vikings, but Mrs. Crawford was an English teacher there for close to forty years and uh, still living in the Houston area. And uh, what a great testament that this school is for her uh, and to give back to her and to her family for the impact that she has made on th- literally thousands and thousands of, of, of families over the course of 40 years. So here we are opening a brand new high school. We open on August the 9th with about 600 kids in grades nine and 10. And everybody's new to one another. They're new to me. I'm new to them. The staff is new to one another. The students maybe are a little bit um, 
you know, not necessarily new to one another because we were relieving a, a high school that desperately needed the, the relief for, for overcrowding because we're, we're growing so, so strongly here. But, uh, you know, we're, we're focusing on um, direction first and speed later are one of our values that we're, we're working on. We don't have a set of formal core values yet, um, but one of them is that we're working with is this idea of valuing direction over speed. So, you know, we're not, we're not going to be able to be in, you know, two or three weeks, what other people may have experienced at a school that's been open for 13 or 15 years. Right. right. So, and they, they had to have their Genesis story. So this year is, you know, the Genesis story for, for Almeda Crawford high school, go chargers. So tell, okay. I, I got to ask this. I like, I, I didn't know that part about who the school is named after. I didn't know that. And like, I wish that happened more, you know? So there's so many schools being named after people. This is the first time I've ever heard one being named after a teacher, which I, I love, which is incredible. So like, how did that, how did that come about? Like, how, how did that happen? That's such a, that's awesome. I love that. I, I wish that would happen more. And so this is one of the reasons I want to have you on the podcast is I hope somebody hears this in another school district. It's like, yeah, we should start naming our schools after teachers that taught here. Like that's, that's amazing. So how did that come about? So formerly the school, this school uh, I'm at Crawford high school is known as high school number 12. So we're the 12th high school in the district. We're in a district of 80,000 kids. And so um, I was named principal in, I guess, late March of 2021, uh, right after we had our little ice Mageddon thing here in Texas when the, everything froze. <laughs> right. Power grid kind of nearly wow. failed. Um, I forgot it was called that. I forgot it. that was the name of it. It's, it is anything but cold right now, let me right. tell you. Right. So, of course, you were here, so you know. I know. It is, it is hot. So, um, around that same time, maybe March in that year, not too long after I was uh, named principal, the district always, our, our district's protocol is to gather input from the community and stakeholders about, like, what would be, you know, a great name for whatever school. So, Crawford High School is the high school that's opening now, but we also have two elementary schools that are opening that opened along with us and that's Ferguson Elementary and Butcher Elementary. And so for both all three schools they put together they solicited names of of people uh from the community who they think would be worthy and as you would imagine all kinds of names from every walk of life right. education, medicine, arts and all that sort of stuff. Um and they settled on after having a committee uh work on parsing through all this, the, the suggestions and they they arrived at Almeda Crawford um, because number one, there had not been a secondary, or excuse me, a high school named after a female uh, in Fort Bend. So it was fitting uh, for that. Now we do have another secondary school that's named after a female and that's Krista McAuliffe uh, okay. Middle School. That's what actually feeds my previous campus, Willowridge. That's a great campus. So, but that was a real big honor for, um, for Mrs. Crawford and her family to wow. have been named that, uh, to have the school rather named after them. So we had to stop calling it High School 12, and now we're calling it Almeda Crawford High School. And uh, Much so, better name. Much better yeah, name than High School 12. Absolutely. High School 12 sounds like a sci-fi movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, and I've been blessed over the last 
probably a year and a half uh, after the school was named after her. She yeah. and her family, uh, we have connected. We've met on a couple of occasions. Her her son, Tori, and her daughter, uh, Rhonda, uh, we've we've met to talk about all kinds of things uh, about the school. We we got their input. In fact, you see behind me on my, my, I guess, my background, you see our campus logo and the colors. So she was an integral, and she and her family were an I integral part of, of coming up with not only the colors and the color scheme, but also the, the mascot. Our students uh, were involved in, in those selections, and, and not just the selections, but also the design of the logo itself. So she and her family were in all of those meetings. And so what you see kind of behind me, I'll, I'll be like the weatherman and move out of the way here. You see that our lightning bolt C, uh, that's kind of like for being charged up. And then you yeah. got the horse, that's kind of this idea of forging ahead. So if you look inside the, the horse's head, you can actually see lightning bolts within the hair. So um, yeah. it's got this, this this idea of energy because Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Crawford's thing is she brings a lot of energy to the classroom. Okay. You know, so it's okay. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a full disclosure moment here. I was, I was actually seeing the horse behind you and I was thinking that's kind of a bummer that you already have that because like that would have been a great opportunity to like build it with students. So I, I wasn't going to ask that. And then I'm so glad you said that. I was like, oh, that's, that's wonderful. Cause that's how it should be. Right. Like there's, there's a certain ownership when we actually have a say in building a new school that it's not just, you know, somebody sent it off to somebody and we had no part of the decision. Now there's some ownership over that too. The, the other thing I, I, I love about this story is a lot of times when schools are named after people, it's after people that are no longer with us. And I'm all about, you know, um, you know, giving these accolades to people while they still can appreciate them, not after the fact. And, and so I love that. And I love that she was part of it. I love your students are part of the design. That's absolutely, I love that. So I hope, I, I truly hope people are listening to that process and asking themselves, how do we do that as we're creating new spaces?